G'day, this is Milky. And this is Bilby. Welcome to your scene. Fuck yeah. This week, we had the absolute pleasure of having Sinks in the studio. We've been big fans for quite a while now, so it was dope to sit down with the man and hear his story of old and what's to come. We went through everything he was doing pre-Backlash, before he was even going by the name Sinks, to his production, discography, him taking out the Hilltop Hoods initiative, some of the massive hip-hop acts he supported, through to his more recent work with High Tracks and Scratches Records. Much love to Sinks for giving us his time. We hope you enjoy. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you click play, you're a bloody legend. Let's get into it. So, Bilby, what's hot off the press in these new releases? Oh, mate. I mean, as always, we've always got these fucking heater songs coming out. It's yep. insane. Uh, first off, Hammy had a had a new single called Know About Me, produced by Smack. I'm pretty sure it was produced by Smack. So shout outs fucking going Sydney to uh, B&E, I guess. Uh, our big homie, the primitive one, dropped a new little like single. There's two tracks. It's called Sun Gazer. That's on all platforms. Um, go hit it up. Support the 9 to 5 movement. Shout out to those boys. Uh, Greasy had a new track called Shockwave. I didn't manage to get much info from it, but go peep it. Uh, Mogwai and Wise Guy released a new track called Pony, produced by Nerve, as per usual. You know what it is. I don't even need to say it. Uh, Sever and Helen Earth. So I think this one's actually a, I think it's Helen's track. Helen yep. Earth's track featuring Seva off her album coming out like next week. Out. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Uh, that song is called Dia Tribe or Dia Tribe. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how to pronounce it, but that was fucking fresh. It's got a clip and everything. It's on, uh, I think it's on Helen Earth's YouTube channel. So go peep it. Uh, Gaz Hazard released a new track, An Ode to Past Soldiers. That's on all platforms. Go hit it up, fucking oath. And tell with which is uh Mantra and Grey, Grey Ghost. Ghost. Yep. Uh they released a new single called Mass Extinction. And that is off their upcoming EP or album. I'm not too sure what it's gonna be, but it's called A Soundtrack to the End of the World. Yeah. So thanks everyone for bearing with that. But Milky. You gotta tell us. <laughs> yeah, so no, I haven't picked up too many uh, in the past couple of weeks, but yeah, I've got the um, puzzle book, Running Wild, and man, that is just mental. Like, hey, which one did you get, by the way? Because oh two. yeah, I was um and an R, and but yeah, I ended up getting going for the color one. Yeah, but yeah, it's fresh, and man, I'm only like a quarter through it. I'm really taking it all in. Do you know but, if they're still for sale? Yeah, I think they're still for sale. I know Union Heights had a number of copies there. You may still be able to get it off his website as well. Yep. So, yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend. That is just like next level. Yeah, for the sure. The history in that book. Uh, I got Heater's Executions uh, album just on CD. And, man, that's <laughs> that is yeah. just fucking wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting to hear that for quite a while. So, yeah, definitely check that one out if you haven't yet. Uh, 
And on the Miles Ago 45 series, I managed to get a copy of Maddie B's Fridays. Yeah, so this is a little bit of confirmation from the last episode oh, yeah. where where you were, I was missing you, man. Yeah, sorry. It's not, nah, it's all good. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Um, but yeah, turns out I was right. You got it. Yep, got the bush chook splatter. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm trying to stay on top of those. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I slept on the first couple. So I'm, I managed to get Lazy Gray stop and think off that same collection. So I'm pretty well up to date now. Yep. And also Lazy Gray is walking through the drive through slash Jesus Peace 7-inch. Yep. And whew. yeah, yeah, that track came out. Uh, actually, that's kind of a new release as, yeah, as well, man, sort of, man. Yeah, like, it came out uh, a little while ago. Yeah, it came out a while ago. So yeah, I was. Fucking, we missed it. But. I heard, like, I heard the track on Hippo Rex, and yeah. it's just like skyrocketed to like my fucking track of the year. Yeah, same up. Jesus Peace, produced up. by Sandro. Fucking hell. So, yeah. Dude, it's, <laughs> it was released this year, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 2019, fucking yeah. Lazy Gray's never going to stop. No. No. Hope not. So, yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Welcome back to your scene. Uh, we're very excited and honoured to have this man in the Rabbit Cave studio. I've been an enormous fan since he started. I remember Frank, a.k.a. Slap618, down at Obese Retail at the time. He handed me his debut album, Backlash, and said, check him out. He's an incredible wordsmith with some of the most complex rhymes and wordplay in the scene. A very talented producer with an extraordinary ear for samples and boom bap beats, paying homage to hip-hop past and present. He supported some of the biggest names in hip-hop with the likes of Mob Deep, Souls of Mischief, Deltron 3030, Task Force. A dude whose music I've been pushing onto heads for a long time now. And straight up got to be one of the most consistent artists I've come across. So this is your scene with Sinks. Welcome, brother, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. What an intro. Holy <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Maybe I haven't been wasting my life after all. No, much appreciated, man. That's uh really appreciate the kind words. Yeah, pleasure, man. All right. Well, probably a good time to take it back. So pre-backlash, you released your debut EP, Prolifics, yep. and a mixtape as well, Sinks Tape. Yeah, that was through Dan for the Count. Could you talk on those releases and even what was happening prior to them? Yeah, were you, sure. Were you studying or anything? Um, well, first of all, that's um, that's serious knowledge. I, I got to give you some credit for going that far back. Oh, cool. But um, yeah, so I had the the mixtape and the EP with Down for the Count Records, which was, you know, just um, a short lived little collective, um, bunch of MCs and producers. But it was a good. It was definitely a good. Um, launch pad for me because uh, some of the guys in that crew were a bit older and had uh, a lot of connections with people yep. and were really just helpful in terms of um, showing me the ropes on how you put together an album, you know, and how you get it mixed and, and how you, you know, even like just what stems are meant nothing to me mm. at that stage. So it was good to kind of, um, you know, really get a sense of, of how you produce an album and how you put it together and how it needs to go through mixing and mastering and production and all that. Um, but yeah, I did actually do a couple of things prior to that. Um, I had a, this is going really way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a, um, so this was about 2011 when Sinks, Sinks tape was released. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So I did put out something in, I think it was 2009. Man, uh, like a high school mate of mine. Um, we had a duo by the name of schematics. See? And we oh. <laughs> we put out a um, a mixtape that year, which uh, I would probably cringe 
quite violently <laughs> if I had to listen to it again today. Don't we all? But yeah, that was kind of where it started. Yeah. Like just, just you know, doing that mixtape, and that was when I first sort of decided that I wanted to, you know, dedicate a lot of time and mm. energy into working on the craft and trying to try to make music at least semi seriously. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There you go. So for that sinks tape, you were originally called Sin Cynic back then. Yeah. Brackets. <laughs> in brackets sinks. It's yeah. on the um again, that's uh that's deep knowledge there. Gotta, <laughs> yeah. gotta give credit for that. <laughs> what uh what prompted the name change? Well I don't know. I think um uh, I guess I just wasn't I wasn't fully sold on on the Sin Cynic name. Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess like it was just. I think so, pe- people told me. I think that there was some other MC that used to go by Cynic or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> and that was part of it. But also, I don't know. I just um, it just didn't feel hundred percent right, mm. and I, I just reverted to going to Sinks, which is what everyone just called me. Mm. And I, I kind of hated it in, in a way because it's like such an Australiana thing because it's just derived from my last name, Sinclair. So okay. yeah, it's right. kind of maybe even a bit bogany or whatever, but yeah. it just felt authentic and like, it just felt like, you know, that's my name is my name. And I just sort of went with it. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. Yeah. No, it's the best way to do it. I mean, talking mm. about fucking bogan names, my name's <laughs> Bilby. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't think you can get any more bogan out of all the australian <laughs> animals i think bilby might be the most bogan oh, i don't animal. know i reckon bunyip might be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool so how did you actually i mean what were you listening to to get into hip-hop and like did you want to be an mc producer like how did it start did you were you making beats first or um nah beats came much later for me um i don't know i started uh i started writing and like, you know, trying to rap in mid, like early to mid high school. Um, I guess, yeah, like my influences, I, I, I happened to like be mates with like a guy uh, who was like a fair bit older than me. And he was like really immersed in hip hop and he was always just feeding me like albums. And so, yeah, like, um, I don't know, like really typical stuff, I guess, mm. like Nas and yeah. um, and Wu-Tang and, and all of that, all of that stuff, like. A Tribe Called Quest, pretty much the, all the golden era shit is mm. just all I listened to um, in high school, which is definitely um, what influenced me and inspired me to try and do it myself. Yeah, mm. sure. So, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, really. Very, like it very, shows. very typical yeah. diet of like, yeah, boom, bap, sample-based hip-hop from from the mid-90s. Mm. Wow. It's not called the golden era for nothing. Yeah, yeah. So what did you start producing on? What sort of equipment did you have? Well, I started and I'm still using to this day Reason, which is not very popular or common choice. Um, And the only reason I use it is because uh, I just happened to have one mate and we were actually traveling together. We were in London and one night at a hostel, he was just tinkering on it and I was just like, you know, what's that? What's this? And like just purely because of that, I was like, you know, I reckon I can do this. And I just, you know, got reason myself. And the only equipment that I had was a a $20 USB (laughs) keyboard thing that I bought secondhand off my DJ's mate. And yeah, so like for a long time, my beats were, you know, really not worthy. Like I probably released stuff 
<laughs> when and when it shouldn't have been like because it just I wasn't there yet yeah but um yeah that's the origin and that's that and that's where it all you know that's how I make all my beats is just on reason um and yeah I just sample sample vinyl in on uh, on logic and then chop it up on recycle and yep and bang it out on reason Good. yeah it's always like that eh? you <clears> just you find the one door that you need yeah yeah it's kind of so arbitrary in a way yeah. yeah yeah and like i've got i've actually got i've got ableton on yep. my computer but i've yep. never opened it because i'm yep. just like i'm like i know how to use reason i can't i can't mm. be bothered learning yeah, fair enough. yeah and like i don't know i guess like i'm i'm even more critical and harsh on myself when it comes to beats and i really struggle to like back myself so mm. i just kind of you know i, I focus more on writing and yeah, and and the vocals more than production. Even yeah. though I do love it, and I, I kind of at times I enjoy it more. I just yeah, just because there's so much talent out there, it's easy to feel like you know you, you're not up to scratch. Mm. And I just yeah have have a lot of that sort of inner inner talk saying that you know I'm not ready, I'm not good enough with it when it comes to beats. But yeah, yeah, it's going into the psychology of an artist, I guess. Yeah, true yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I can true that. Yeah. So your debut LP that came out twenty twelve, uh, Backlash. Yep. What was the process for that album like? Um. So yeah, like like I was saying before with the down for the count stuff, a lot of that was uh, that album was made on the back of the relationships that I had by virtue of that yep. collective. So yeah, it was just pretty much anyone I knew that they knew. I was hitting up for beats. Um. I was recording at the time at uh, Christian my. Yeah, my good friend and uh, DJ Christian Biko's house. Um, and yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know, there's not really much of a story to it. It was just linking up with people, grabbing the beats, recording. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had so, uh, sort of a more interesting story to tell about it. But yeah, well, I was really interested to hear how the link up with like Phil Gector and Kowski came about. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm trying to think specifically how those came about. I think it would have been, yeah, because in that Down for the Count crew, Dazed actually, um, he was good mates with uh, Phil Gector and he was he would always mix Dazed's project as, projects as well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, know, I don't know. I, I guess like there was just – it just felt like there was a really tight scene um, with, you know – kind of the, the crate cartel and paying and, and yeah. sort of and us obviously we were never like at the same level or cloud as, as those guys but we'd always just be at the same gigs the same mm. parties or whatever and yeah I just sort of hit him up I was like just really into a lot of the stuff that he that Gex had produced and uh you know he was t- just totally approachable and down to to do work together so yeah it was just kind of just made sense and it was within reach to do at the yep. time. So that was like 2013 Yeah, was when it was released. How long were you working on it for, do you reckon? Mm, probably a year, I okay. would reckon. Yeah, because I was, yeah, I wasn't as sort of, um, I was a bit all over the shop, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But yeah, probably about a year. Well, I mean, a year is like. It's not as long as it's not as no. long as some. Yeah, like it's that's actually pretty quick. But was it like a idea that you already had? Like you knew that you wanted to make the album, or were you just like banging out tracks and and and, um, and just like put them all together? 
No, so like I definitely wanted to wanted to do an album. Yeah, and I, and I was working towards that goal. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, back then I'm pretty sure I was just just sort of doing one track at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just getting beats as they came along, and I was hitting up all the people that I knew that I was a big fan of, and just that's pretty much how it came to be. And yeah, just recording them one at a time, and then they all got mixed, and yeah, then that, that was it. Mm. Like I said, I feel like I feel like uh, it's kind of not a very exciting story, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just how it went down. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> so, uh, what about the video clip "Skies Falling"? That was directed by Carl Ellison. Yeah. So, how'd that link up come about? Well, um, funnily enough, uh, Carl, I think he knew of me because of Frank. Um, you know, AKA Slap Six One Eight. Yep. Uh, Union Heights shout out to Union Heights um but yeah I think uh he was working I'm pretty sure at uh it would have been obese at the time mm-hmm. he was just working there and um Frank put him onto my music and he was just really hungry at the time and wanted to make a lot of clips and just make a lot of content and he was just really a big hip-hop fan and wanted to work with artists that that he was vibing that were kind of you know, at a similar stage of their um, their career or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he just hit me up and he's like, you know, I, I've been really digging your album. Uh, I, you know, I think it would be sick to do a clip together. And he was just like, yeah, happy to work with my pitiful budget. And, <laughs> yeah, it was good. And and it was actually a really good relationship because he's he's obviously unbelievably talented. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's just, he just keeps getting better and better and, mm. Yeah, I've just it's been a really good relationship to have because you know we we obviously went on to do, you know, like half a dozen more clips after that one. Mm. Well, that was my next point. Uh, yeah. You've done a, a quite a number of clips with him now. I was yeah. just going to ask, what? Well, yeah, what's the process like working with him? Is, is he like- oh man, he's he's just unbelievable. He he uh, he's just a visionary. He knows yeah. exactly what he's doing. He might not be very good at communicating what's happening at the time. <laughs> at the time, <laughs> he's just like, I do this, do this. We're going here, we're going there. And you kind of just have no idea how it's going to look or what he's got in mind. Mm. But then he just always comes correct with the final product. And it always just, every time I see the first edit, I'm like, damn, man, how, how, do, you, how do you put this together? Like he just does it so quickly yeah. as well. He, unbelievably efficient. You know, you could, he, he could, he could smash out a couple of clips in terms of the footage in like half a day. He's just yeah, right. unbelievably talented and hardworking and, and just really crafty. Knows how to, knows how to make something out of nothing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's I've been like following all all the videos that Carl's been doing and <clears throat> they are always like the storytelling in them is just fucked. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy Absolutely. good. Yeah. And it's like a lot of the time because, you know, obviously um independent artists don't always have the, the biggest budgets or whatever. Mm. And like he still just goes above and beyond for the for the amount of money that you know that, that that he takes to do those things so like yeah he, he's he's made a big contribution i think to the scene in general with the amount of people that he's helped and given quality content so 100%. so i think he, he definitely deserves a big shout out mm. yeah 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 true that and, and and he's just he's in the big leagues now you know doing a lot of like high-end um advertising and stuff like that yeah and yeah he's just we're just lucky to have him around for sure was this sort of like Around that time, like the sky is falling clip and that. Yeah. Was that sort of like the come up of uh, Carl? Because I don't know, like I haven't gone that deep 
yeah, okay, into his back catalogue. Yeah, stuff. Was he already working um, in the scene a lot? I I couldn't I couldn't say for sure. I think um, he was actually doing clips for Alex Jones, mm. uh, who was Flea at the time. Yeah. He, he was. They were working together a lot. Um, but yeah, I think he, he he was a bit picky, like because he did want to kind of do stuff. Um, if he if it wasn't going to be big bucks, he at least wanted to be, um, yeah, kind of a fan of the music. So yeah, but he yeah he was definitely doing bits and pieces. Um, I, but yeah, like I said, I'm not sure. I, I know I know that he was working with other other MCs and stuff. But yeah, um, Alex Jones is the is the main one, other mm. one that I can think of that he was working with at that time. Maybe maybe it'd be fucking cool to get him on at some stage. Yeah. Expand outside of the... Yeah. Oh, he'd have some stories. Yeah, yeah. fucking <laughs> oath. <laughs> so, Instrumentals, Volume 1. Yeah. 2014. How long have you been working on that? That was... Um, that was actually really short. I just happened to have a lot of time on my hands. That was just a couple of months banging out beats yep. almost every day. Oh, I'd, I'd sort of... Uh, yeah, I was unemployed at the time. At the time, yeah. Um, and yeah, again, it's not 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 much of a, a crazy story nah, to it. Cool. Just I was just hungry to make beats at the time, and yeah, I actually had the time to do it. Yeah, so it was a project that you wanted to release a beat tape. It wasn't like you just had a bunch of beats lying around. Yeah, yeah, I did sort of say to myself, I'm gonna completely make this thing from start to finish yeah, within a couple of months, and and yeah, that was it. Can we expect a volume two? Um, I have thought about it. Um, I've definitely thought about it. It's just, uh, not something that I've planned as yet, but now that, now that we are talking about it, it's making me think maybe I should revisit <laughs> that because it is fun. And I, I, I literally do have hundreds of beats that are just sitting there. Mm. Um, and I could maybe hand pick some of the best ones, but I think I like, I like to, I like to do things from start to finish with, with the end goal in mind, because you have a certain mentality when you're working on something mm. with a destination for it in mind. So I think, um, yeah, it's definitely something that I would, I would consider jumping in on again. The sound is also very specific for the time that you're doing it as well. Like if, yeah. you've, if you've made hundreds of beats over years, yeah, exactly. they may sound like... <clears throat> sort of a bit choppy and stuff here and there. Yeah. The beats that I'm making at the moment have a very specific sound that yeah. Uh, yeah. is indicative to what, you know, stage I'm in and what I've been listening to. Yeah. So that's definitely a factor. Yeah. What about the names, instrumentals? Just <laughs> lazy, na- lazy naming. Yeah. <laughs> instrumentals. Because if you, uh, do you know like Recluse from uh, Blah Records? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. He does. I think I'm not actually sure they may be post 2014. Yeah. But he does, uh, Rextramentals and another producer from maybe blah. I'm not sure. My old housemate knows more about it, but yeah. Bugstramentals. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Well, now that you mention it, actually, that, that does kind of remind me, I probably took it from Pete Rock when he did Peachstramentals. Oh, true. There you yeah. go. <laughs> So yeah, that was uh, worth following up on. That. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, that, that's a good point. I guess there is that kind of, um, I don't know, producers just doing that shit, mm. and probably and probably because of Pete's instrumentals, I would imagine I'm not the only one who did it because of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True that. Yeah. yeah, it's a good. I I really like it though. Yeah. Seeing that kind of um, 
like wordplay inside albums yeah and stuff like just in the titles yeah just in the titles and in the song names and whatever yeah it's really fucking cool to see yeah sort of around that same time 2014 maybe like early 2015 as well he had Mm -hmm. a couple of features okay he did one with ramsey and soma alongside gecko yep yep there was one with context and jimmy flipshit yeah alongside bba and that one's a yeah. That was a huge one. Yeah. yeah, that one was sick. BVA is like, I mean, yeah. I really want to know how that how that happened. This is BVA from the Four Hours. Anyone listening? High Focus, uh, over in the UK. Mm-hmm. And Context and Flipshit are from Melbourne. Melbourne. Actually, yeah, I are. think Context was originally from Canberra. Yes. And then he moved to Melbourne. Yeah. Probably around that time, or maybe a little bit after that. Yeah. Yeah, but um, in terms of the story behind that track, um, I really kind of just got lucky there because Context and I, you know, had just been, you know, pretty chummy and stuff and had spoken about making a track and he was working on his album and, you know, wanted to um, get some big names on there. So he hit up BVA who was down to do it and then he's like, hey, I'm doing this song. Do you want to be on it as well? And I was like, well, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's, yeah, he, he'd probably have a better story about, you know, chatting to BVA and stuff. Yeah, true but, that. But yeah, that was, that was how it happened for me. And, um, yeah, I was just like, you know, felt, felt really lucky to just be able to jump on a track that had, uh, such, you know, talent from overseas. So that mm. was really cool. Shout outs to Context. It's a dope track. Yeah. That yeah, whole I was happy album, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That whole sure. album's fucking wicked. Yeah, it was really polished, really cohesive sound. Jimmy Flip shit. He's obviously um yeah, been making beats for a long time and knows how to put together a record. So mm. yeah, straight up. Shows in the shows in the final product for sure. Yeah. Mm. So I guess that leads us into your second album, Cold Fury. Entirely produced by Oath, a West Australian producer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So could you talk on that? I mean the the production is just incredible. Yeah. I actually picked up his 28 Days Beat Tape the mm. other week. Yeah. Uh, so dope. It's all made on the iconic SP-1200. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So how did, how did, how did that happen? Well, that one, uh, I want to, again, it was like quite lucky because he just one day just sent me a message out of the blue and said, hey, man, like I, I, I randomly happened to come across your album. I really don't like many, you know, um, MCs that are out at the moment, but I, I was, I really appreciated this record and I was like, and I was like, damn, who, who is this guy? And then like, I, I quickly sort of scrambled to, mm. to check out his back catalog and stuff. And as soon as I heard, heard it, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, this is unbelievable. Like, cause I, I just, I was surprised that I hadn't, I didn't, you know, hadn't heard him before, but I think he, he it's just partly because he likes to keep a low profile and, mm. You know he's not not big on the on the social media side of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, shit, this is like, you know, exactly what what I was most influenced by my whole life, mm. and, it, and it's just the sound is down to the T. It's as authentic as it gets. Like you said, he does everything on the SP twelve hundred, and, and even more than that, the level that he takes it to is crazy because everything, every record that he samples, he's like an absolute puritan on and and has to get the original 
copy. He doesn't oh. he doesn't buy any represses. He doesn't <laughs> believe in represses. So yeah. Fuck, what a legend. A lot man. of uh, a lot of his break, you know, his breaks would cost a fortune, no doubt, Shit. because he just yeah, he's just wants to have the the OG copies of everything. Yeah. So that whole album would have been produced on the SP twelve hundred as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um yeah, it just I was just like at the time I I knew that I wanted to make an album with a producer that had that kind of sound and I wanted to do the whole album with one producer because I don't know, I guess I, I I'm just a fan of of doing it that way. Yeah. Um and he kind of just came out of nowhere and it was just like the perfect fit and the stars perfect aligned. sound. Exactly. The stars definitely aligned. And yeah, and he, he he was a bit reluctant at first. He's like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe we'll just do a couple of songs and see what mm. happens. But I think as soon as I recorded the first couple, it was just evident that we had like a serious chemistry and there was a there was already like a vision for what the album was gonna sound like emerging at a very early stage. And it just, you know, it just came together really nicely. Obviously it took took fucking ages. Yeah. But and again, that's because both of us had such a clear idea about how we wanted it to sound and how I wanted it to be. So mm. a lot of a lot of the time um, taken on that album was was just straight up just digging and looking for the perfect sample that yeah. was going to fit. And uh, that's why it does have that sort of cohesiveness about it because of the, you know, just, yeah, having a really clear idea of how it needed to sound. And we were both just on the same page the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So what was it actually like? working on the album like he's a long way from home yeah like, did you did you meet each other or were you traveling interstate well he he was because he was um putting out or had previously put out stuff uh with little wonder productions yep which is a doc felix um label and so he's obviously melbourne based well i, I think he he lives a couple of hours out of melbourne these days but at the time he was in melbourne um and so by virtue of that he was coming down a bit and so when he would come down, we'd link up and, you know, and, and lucky for the project, we happened to get on really well and have, yeah, sort of really similar, um, I don't know, I guess, yeah, just be on the same page in, yeah. in, in, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, that, that it's, it was lucky for that because I think, you know, when, you, when you're working on a project with someone, it is always like nothing can replace being in the same room together. So yeah. even though he did make most of the beats and I did the writing separately, we were, we were at least linking up every so often. And for, for a good chunk of time, he did move to Melbourne. He was living um, living with actually uh, Johnny Cashno. Yeah, Cashno. Yeah. yeah. He, they were living together for a couple of months and so I'd be around all the time then as well, which was also good in terms of putting that, that whole thing together. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's such a dope album. I'm still bumping it flat out. <laughs> I picked up the re-release of it on 2LP with all the instrumentals oh, and sick. the reworked artwork released through Vinyl Digital. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if there's still copies left. So, man, if you listen to this, get on that. Um, yeah, there's, there's. I'm pretty sure they still have copies. Yeah. And they also gave um, like maybe 20 copies each to me and Oath oh, so true. that we could do hand-to-hands. Yep. Um, locally yeah, to, cool. to make it easier for the shipping and stuff. Yeah. So why did you release it through Vinyl Digital? Well, they actually hit us up. Oh, it okay. was just, yeah, like uh, Cold Fury was just, I don't know, it, it resonated with a lot of people and yeah. a lot of it kind of just, it took off in a way that um, we didn't really anticipate. And I don't know, like 
I, it feels a bit sort of narcissistic or whatever, but it did kind of have somewhat of a, like a cult, a cult kind of following to it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so obviously we sold out and I think vinyl digital are just, you know, a bunch of people that keep their finger on the pulse with independent vinyl records mm. and they're just always, um, yeah, I guess looking out for, uh, projects that would make sense for them to pick up and do reissues of. Um, and yeah, they just saw that it, you know, that it was doing quite nicely, that there was some demand for it and they just hit us up and yeah. said, Hey, would you guys be interested in, um, having a rerun? And we are yep. like, yeah, absolutely. So that was cool. Cause you know, they just paid us uh, a lump sum and then, mm -hmm. and then we got, you know, like I said, 20 copies or, or whatever each mm. on top of that as well. Huh. So that's awesome. it was a really sweet deal, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. right there was no stress yeah. involved and didn't have to worry about any more test pressings, which we did have a lot of yeah. issue with yeah. uh, the first go around. Um, so yeah, it was really cool, man. Like got to say big ups to them for doing that because yeah, that was, that was sick to yeah. have someone believe in it and want to back it and, and put money up for it. For yeah. Sure. And like just yeah. personally, I was so impressed like with the quality of everything. Like they, they ship it with like a really high quality uh, like sleeve, plastic yeah. sleeve. Yeah. Um, and then you can like, you got the option of getting it digitally as well. Mm -hmm. So I got like a CD of all the instrumentals and everything as well. Like it was awesome. Shit. Yeah. Well, I don't even, I don't think I ever knew about this. Yeah. I mean, like, so, so there you go. There you go. Yeah. I think uh, it's just, um, you know, the upside to being in Europe is that vinyl manufacture is just so much cheaper and yeah. the, the technology they have and the plants and the facilities are just unbelievable because, mm. you know, they just never really had the, the decline in vinyl the same way that Australia did. And, you know, I think, I don't know how I don't know how long it was the case, but obviously we only had Zenith for mm -hmm. a long time, so mm. they just it was them, and they were the only option locally. Yeah. I think, and and they, I think just only just recently, um, I think is it Implant? Yeah, they've, Implant. Yeah, they've, they've they've started doing. Yeah, they've started doing it. So that and that yeah. that just goes to show you know that it's only just now that there's an, even an alternative to that. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's just. Just having the you know the opportunity to be able to use the the plants and stuff that they've got over there is just it's crazy mm. and they can yeah they can do crazy things mm. and as we always say uh, on the podcast make sure if you're listening to this you go like hit up all these physical copies of stuff because I mean that's kind of like a lucky one where someone just you know they hit you up and they wanted mm. to repress your your stuff but nevertheless it's like people put a lot of work into this mm. kind of shit so and yeah. a lot of like time and money mm. um it costs so, a, it costs a fortune that's exactly yeah. it yeah it's yeah, it's because even if you go even if you get it done in europe you basically whatever savings you make on the manufacturer you lose on getting it shipped, shipped. over yeah because yeah. you know the vinyl's heavy as fuck so. yeah and you also have to package it all like, exactly you've got to package it up incredibly like securely mm. because that journey is huge and vinyl you know it's it can get damaged very easily so it's just yeah it's really hard to make it a viable option despite it being you know the only medium worth having physicals of mm. you know in the current climate nah i'm still buying cds <laughs> well, bought that... my t first tape the other day <laughs> oh, okay well yeah <laughs> but yeah no you're right it's a very digital era and streaming and whatnot yeah in fact that's probably a good question for you, you the only album you've got on a streaming platform is bipartisan which was our next point 
Yeah. Is it for that reason? You're just trying to keep your music moving through Bandcamp and um nah, so I did have I did have Cold Fury on Spotify. Um yep. and it came down because uh my distributor because I'm sure you guys know how it works. When yeah. You're putting out music, you go through the distributor. Yeah. And I don't know, I just really wasn't happy with um the distributor that I was using. It just didn't seem like a good deal. Mm-hmm. So I've I've dropped off that. And I've gone with someone else and I'm still in the process of getting that back up. Okay. But um, I definitely do at least hold off the streaming services when I've just put out a vinyl yep. to try and encourage people to, you know, go to Bandcamp and to listen to it and to buy it. Yeah. Which is maybe actually not a smart idea, but it makes sense in my, like I just, yeah, I just try to encourage people to, to go for the vinyl option mm. as much as possible before I put it on streaming mm. just because then, you, you know, you create some, an exclusivity and a buzz around yeah, having sure. the physical. And um, you get the true heads coming through really. Yeah. That, that are going to get on it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, cool. But um, just, just to add on that, mm. I, I will eventually get around to putting the bulk of my catalog on the streaming yeah. services. I just, yeah. I'm just not excited about it because you don't get any money and they just, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a rot and it yeah. just just kind of ideologically irks me that they're mm. just fleecing artists. And, yeah, I I mean I agree a hundred percent. Like yeah. I've I like I pull <coughs> off and yeah, just buy the albums on Bandcamp digitally, mm. just so I can still stream them that way, and I'm supporting the artist, and I yeah. encourage anyone else to do the same. Definitely, true that, straight up. So, where are we at? Bipartisan. Bipartisan. So July 2017, could you talk on that release a bit? Yeah. So Bipartisan, in my mind, is not like a proper album. That was kind of um, all the tracks that I'd been working on in the last year or two um, or even at the same time that I was making Cold Fury, but I just didn't have a home or I wasn't sure what I was going to do with them. So I... I put that out actually right after I got the grant uh, from the Hilltop Hoods yep. because I wanted to put out put something out quickly to show that you know I was I was working and I was put and I was you know being prolific and and yeah just putting stuff out so I kind of I grabbed all those tracks that I'd made um, you know and I, I still stand by them as at least at least most of them anyway I still stand mm. by them as as quality tracks and yep. yeah I just wanted to basically signpost that time with with a bunch of music and I just put it out like that so yeah I, I guess for me it's more of a I don't know like a mixtape slash compilation kind of mm. thing which is why I just put it out on on tape only because it was meant to be like a mixtape you know like a lost tapes yeah. kind of vibe just all the stuff that didn't have a home so that was cool. kind of the thinking behind that yeah so was that the first time you linked up with Joe Snow on top division with Flu? yeah I think that I think that's right. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, definitely one of the first times. I think it would have had to have been, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's such a fucking wicked track. Yeah. <laughs> Big ups. That whole, this whole album, I think I started listening to your music at Cold Fury mm-hmm. and then Bipartisan, um, I've listened to a, a fucking lot. Uh, the the track sub parliament 
with Baylor. Yeah. That's a fucking big deal. And we yeah. actually doing doing the research for this found the clip yeah. for it. I don't think I've ever even seen the video clip until maybe two weeks ago or something. No shit. Yeah. That video clip, <laughs> again, that was Carl. Yeah, it was Carl. That was Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, and the concept was all, like the writing was all, for the video clip was all Baylor. Yeah, that's right. Fucking hell. Mm. If yeah. Whoever's listening, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, go suss that shit because it's so dope. Yeah. The idea of it. And it like... Sort of seemed, I was showing my friend Caesar Crow the other day, um, the video, and he was like, man, that's just like, we could just do that in our lounge room. Like, <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's a lot of work, like what you what you guys would have had to do building all the- Yeah, Baylor spent, I yeah. don't know how long, <laughs> I can imagine. hours upon hours building that, that fake city. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. but it's, it is, it's just like that, you know, this one or maybe two locations, yeah. um, Pretty like, yeah, it's a really cool fucking concept. And having a look through, pausing on each frame, checking out all the tiny pieces, all yeah. the tiny buildings and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I got to shout out Baylor because that guy, uh, he's just, he has incredible intensity about any of his creative work and he, yeah. he's just always busy. He's always doing stuff. I don't think there's many artists in Melbourne, you know, if not Australia or beyond that work as hard and relentlessly as that guy. He's just always painting, always doing something, mm-hmm. always got something on the go. And yeah, it's just like that whole thing came together because he was just like, you know, just pushing. He's like, yep, let's do this. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to build this. We're going to record tomorrow. We're going to film it the next day and just bang, bang, bang. Must how, have how did the, uh, sorry, okay. how did the um, link up with Baylor happen? So, Were you already <clears throat> homies with him? No, nah, no. Nah. So that actually, um, that came about because of Carl, because he, him and Carl are good mates. Yeah. As I'm sure you probably know from, you know, painting and stuff. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. So because of that, Baylor heard my stuff because of Carl and Baylor actually said, oh, you know, I, I'm a fan of this. Like, I like this guy. Like I wouldn't mind doing a track together. And so Carl actually linked us up together. There you go. And yeah, and that was actually really cool because yeah, Baylor, you know, flat out said, I'm a fan of your work and I want to make a track with you. So <laughs> that was, um, yeah, that was humbling and, and, I, and I really appreciated that. And yeah, and he, him and I have become, you know, pretty good mates. So mm, mm. shout out to Baylor. Yeah, cool. So you explore like very conscious topics and strong political thoughts, new music. <clears throat> uh, you've obviously studied all this stuff and you know what's going on in the world. But in terms of music, like, what inspired you to think and write in that way? Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know. I guess like the the hip-hop music that I always thought was the best was when it felt like it had something to say, um, you know, whether it was like a, a story or I don't know, just, yeah, something something personal and something mm. that, that, that just, wasn't, just didn't feel like, I don't know, just random bars, like they seemed like a, to be a real intent to it. And on top of that, particularly the stuff that was, I guess, I don't know, a bit more punchy and aggressive. Mm. Like I just, you know, I, I was gravitated towards hip hop in my teens because like, you know, like, like most young men, I just like had a lot of fucking anger and mm. rebellious spirit and yeah. it just, it just resonated with me on that level. And so I think, 
you know, that combination of sort of outrage and intent is what inspired me to want to have, I don't know, yeah, to be kind of more of a, I guess you'd say like a political hip hop artist. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think that that was, that is those really those two elements that drove me to kind of carve out the artistic identity that, that I've done for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So we did mention this before in the same year of bipartisan, you what you, you were the winner of the Hilltop Hoods initiative. Uh, what was that like? And what, and yeah, so you said you put a lot of the funding towards bipartisan. Um, yeah, I put, I put some of the funding towards that. Um, but yeah, no, that was really crazy. I mean, I, I I still, you know, I still am incredibly, um, grateful and thankful for, for being able to, you know, have a moment of recognition like that because, I mean, again, you guys are artists yourselves and you know that it's like you, you make stuff and, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you know, this is sick or whatever, but maybe it's just your mates or your crew or crew crew mm. and you're just never really sure uh, whether you're actually worthy as an artist, you know, whether you're worth your salt and what you do is is a good quality and so being able to have that moment of like external recognition, I think it was really important for me to, and definitely inspired me to keep going because a lot of the time you think, ah, oh, I don't know if I should be spending all this time on and money on music when mm. it's hard to know if, if people even care and you don't even want to get caught up on whether people care or not, but mm. just having that external, like, yeah, you know, y- you've got some kind of talent like it was just really important for me i think psychologically mm. that, that was to me that was more beneficial than the money yeah just yeah. to have that moment of yeah yeah know, true that feel worthy of, of of this grant and this opportunity yeah and, it is well deserved yeah absolutely uh, i remember saying i'm like oh yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, props yeah. what was it actually like um entering into it like did, did you like perform or did you just like submit a yeah, so just just a really kind of I guess like a pretty standard um, grant application. Yeah, you just okay. put in a couple of songs, short yep. bio, and then that was it. And then you just hear back from them six months later or whatever. Yeah, right. and I knew, um, which is that I knew because I knew people that knew the judges basically. Yeah, and word had gotten back to me the year before. They were like, "Hey, you know, you you were incredibly close. Like you were." in the top 10 or whatever huh. and so i was like shit well i better you know keep throwing these applications in yeah, and yeah. In the next year i you know i got it yeah no it shit. was just huge are they still doing it i think i feel like they have stopped it yeah because we, we like when we were ago. putting this together we were trying to find the 2018 and <coughs> uh, 2019 winners and uh, mm. we couldn't find anything so yeah i, I, I think i was going on i that. think maybe there was like two or three after me and that was it yeah okay mm. yeah i think you were the Oh, excuse me, second last. Um, maybe oh, I can't remember. No, I think you were the last because that was twenty seventeen, yeah. Um, and I, was no, it? yeah, actually, maybe it I was. Think it was maybe you I were the. I no, I'm pretty sure there was a band that won it after me. Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, or maybe they were before me. I know a band won it. I think yeah. they were called Ast- Astral Travelers or something like that. Yes, I'm pretty sure I did see that. Mm. I don't yeah, know. I definitely saw that. Yeah. Mm. I just couldn't find the 2018 or 2019 winners. Mm. So, I don't know. <coughs> oh, well. <coughs> that kind of um, is sort of leading us into high tracks now, mm. which is you and Joe Snow and Able 8, a.k.a. Yeah. 
Raptor Hands. Uh, and we actually caught your show on, so we're recording this way in the past. Yeah. Uh, but the Scratches Records launch was on Saturday night in Melbourne. <clears throat> we caught that show. How did how did that happen? The sort of like forming that group, meeting Abel? Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> I had to think for a second. I remember um, Abel has been, uh, you know, doing bass electronic sort of production for a long time now. Yeah. But there was a time before he was doing that where he was into more I don't know, like traditional hip hop, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, and he even he even used to rap as well. There you go. In his song. <laughs> yeah, he's got some chops. He can spit bars when I'm gonna have to, to go for a hunt. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I don't yeah, I don't know what I don't know if there's any online or not. But yeah, anyway, the man's the man's very talented. Yeah. Unbelievably talented. Um, so yeah, he when he was doing more um, I guess the kind of hip hop that I was into, I just happened to come across him somehow i don't i don't know somehow on the internet on i found his soundcloud or some shit Mm. and i hit him up and yeah we were just chatting and yeah became became pretty chummy and we went to a couple of gigs and so we would see each other around and like the guy's unbelievably busy and unbelievably you know connected with so many people that are making music so you know you you pretty much can't not run run into him at at some (laughs) stage anyway Mm. um But yeah, and then um, in terms of high tracks forming, um, so obviously I'd, I'd done the I'd done the, the track with Joe Snow yeah. on Bipartisan, but Dave and Joe knew each other because Joe, I think, was asking, like when he moved to Melbourne, he's like did a post saying, oh, you know, who, which hip hop people should I link up with? And he happened to have a mutual friend you know, that Dave knew and they, he put them two in touch together. So it was kind of totally, we had independent relationships so that it was (laughs) just all just happened by chance. And then, yeah, but in terms of high tracks, um, I'd actually always wanted to do a more electronic project because even though I've always done hip hop and stuff and I've always, you know, dedicated myself to making hip hop, I did sort of in my, um, early teens or well when I was like 18 19 and stuff I had a lot of friends that were into drum and bass and into garage and into dubstep and all that stuff and most of the time when I went out it actually was to those kind of gigs probably yeah, more sure. so than hip-hop yeah and so I'd always you know it seems like I kind of worry sometimes that people think I'm just you know jumping on a bandwagon or something but I, I'd actually always wanted to experiment with more up-tempo more bass heavy genres and then um, Abel, aka Raptor Hands, is obviously like unbelievably talented at making those kinds of things. I was like, "Hey, man, like, I want to, I want to start this new project. Like, what do you reckon?" And we made we made a song together. And then he'd also like maybe a month before made something really similar with Joe Snow. Mm. And I was like, "Hey, why don't we, you know, what maybe this could all be a part of the same thing?" Mm. And you know, we linked up with Joe and. Everyone's like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Like, you know, I think we we just, Joe and I were both kind of keen to do something that was a bit more explosive live and a bit more fun live. Yeah. Because that's the thing, like one of the motivations for me wanting to do high tracks is with hip hop, especially the kind of stuff that we do, it's kind of 
a lot of the time like it's like slow tempos and it's like quite dense and stuff and mm. so like you really have to have a very specific niche kind of following to have good gigs when you're doing that kind of music mm. whereas i feel like you know with something that's up tempo and bass heavy it doesn't matter where you go it just pops off yeah you know? true that. it's just high yeah. energy and I just wanted to be able to just not have to worry about whether people were into fucking depressing, melancholy jazz, down tempo <laughs> hip hop shit. Yeah. And so, this was the answer to that, and and the way for me to scratch that itch that I'd had around making some yeah some different, more electronic kind of music. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> and it is just like crazy energy watching it live. Like Bill, we just said we were at the show, and yeah, it went off, man. It and it was like interesting, like you were saying doing something different like that you're like it's not like you're doing a track and then you're doing another track it's like the whole thing's just going you don't stop yeah you're like you must be absolutely ratchet after that <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean it's definitely something that i had to be conscious of with writing because when i first started writing you know i i didn't have any sort of respect for the fact that i'd have to do it live one day so yeah. <laughs> i just you just learn to write in a way that means you can you can do it and you can nail it and you can mm. maintain a steady breath control and stuff yeah but yeah it's uh it, it is you know definitely a challenge that you have mm. to prepare yourself for <laughs> it was so very clean as yeah well. oh absolutely like, yeah. like what you were saying i mean yeah raptor hands like sort of merging all the beats or like whatever just mixing mm. all the beats and shit in together and and shit and like you and snow knowing exactly what's coming when mm. and shit it was all done very clean i yeah. reckon and it and it came out real dope well i appreciate that man big ups for that and and i think that the only reason why that is the case is just because all three of us have been making music for like 10 years now yeah and it's just one of those things where it's just all it is is experience and yep. just doing hundreds of gigs and yeah. making hundreds of beats and and for Dave de DJing hundreds of times, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true that. That's, just, that's all it is. So Megalodon Music came out in September 2018. Yep. Um, there's a track on that with Devilman. Now, he's a massive grime MC from the UK. He featured on Bang Him Out. Uh, How did you get to work with him? So the connection with Devilman is joe has a good mate in the uk that is i think it's his manager or something to that effect and he was just very easily able to reach out and say hey you know do you reckon devil man's interested on chopping on a track mm. and he was like uh you know i'll see what i I'll, like i'll ask him and he was like yeah sweet no worries and he did it in like within a week <laughs> so yeah it was very easy i think um yeah, I think I think he definitely must be in a habit of of being sort of ready to go and just mm. dishing out verses because oh, yeah, it was it was really professional, really quick. Yeah. Just yeah. Very easy. Did you do you did all the recording at <coughs> Raptor Hands yeah. studio? Yeah. Yeah, I do I, I do pretty much all my recording with him these days. <coughs> he's just got um incredible microphones and he's yep. really efficient really knows what to do and he's also good to record with because because he used to rap yeah he mm. can he'll actually say hey that take was shit whereas most people that are just recording they just don't care they just hit record and that's it but he always makes sure you get the best take yeah. so he's, mm. he's really good to have it in the room for that reason as well it's also the comfortability between artists definitely i find like you really need to have like a connection with someone on a level uh beyond 
professionalism, I guess, if you want to call it, to be able to, for the engineer to say, nah, do it again. Or yeah. For, and for the artist as well to be able to receive that. And, yeah. And, and like. That's true. It, ma- it, it makes it easy. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I've seen him record other people as well who he's not mates with and he still always puts in like a really solid effort and always is tr- trying to help them get the best yeah, um, yeah. recording they do. So. Yeah, that's de- like, you know, being mates definitely makes things easier. But I think, yeah, just, you know, credit to him for just sort of taking everybody that he records seriously and wanting to help everyone because, mm. yeah, you know, he's just he's just got a good ethic like that and yeah, just wants people to be able to get the best for themselves. Mm. Mm. So what's the process like uh, working with the group? I mean, previously you've just worked solo, so... Do you yeah. find it a challenge or? Um, no, nah, I think it's it's pretty easy, man. Like we're just, like I said, we're all like have been making music for a similar period of time yeah. and we all sort of know how it goes and basically the process is, is Dave just makes a beat and then Joe and I will just, you know, either be into it or we won't and then we'll yeah. just go away and write. And lately we've actually, because because I've, <laughs> because I've been unemployed, I've had heaps of time up my sleeve. It's been yeah. really good because we're working on something at the moment and we're able to link up like, you know, almost once a week at the moment. Yeah. And we're, it's for the first time pretty much in any situation I've had, I've actually been writing in the studio, you know, and, and I think that's been, that's been cool as well because... Mm. You have a certain headspace and a certain energy when you're actually there. And you kind of also just don't think about it so much. And I think I tend to overthink things. So just being in the room with the intent of recording then and there, it just, I don't know, it, it, it helps you. It almost helps you write. Mm. Yeah, so it's been cool. <clears throat> True that. Yeah, so what was the single off Megalodon Music? Locked. Locked. Oh, it was the single. How did that go? How was that? So that was the very first one that we did. That was where it all started. The first one that you recorded? It, it, yeah, it was the first one that we were all that we all did together. Yeah, right. We were all like we didn't even know, I think when we made that track, we didn't even know what what it was gonna look like in terms of, you know, being a, a collaborative effort. We didn't have the name high tracks like that was mm. we just made that not knowing where it was going to go and i think it you know it ended up being one of the strongest tracks and we did a clip for it like way getting way ahead of ourselves <laughs> we, we did the clip like at least a year the clip was finished before we even put it out yeah right um and then yeah so yeah it was it was the it was it was cool because it was the birth of of the idea and in the crew so you guys were working on this for like a fair while then, like yeah. 2017, 2016? Yeah, I think uh, I think we we sort of, in 2017, we'd linked up and yeah. we'd kind of had enough conversation to figure out what we wanted to do and how we were going to do it. And then over like, yeah, the later half of 2017 and the first, maybe the chunk of 2018, in fact, possibly even not. I think we'd actually done everything before 2018 came around. Yeah, right. And we were just, we were just really wanted to, because it's always hard when you start a new project and you're starting from scratch. So we wanted to do a lot of groundwork mm. um, in terms of how we were going to put it out and how we were going to go about it, which is where that um, the guilty party 
yep. channel came into it because part of the idea originally was to have something that wasn't, you know, high track specific. It was just a platform that people knew as a way to create some sort of launch pad for the project. So we were, we actually got really hectically sidetracked trying to do, <laughs> trying to make a YouTube channel. Yeah, right. Just for the, just for the sake of having somewhere to, <laughs> to drop the first clip on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we probably could have released it in 2017, but yeah, because of, because of overthinking it, as you tend to do, it came out a bit later. Speaking on that a bit, the guilty party. I yeah. Mean, um, well, what's your involvement in that? Um, initially I was like really keen cause but Joe and I had both wanted to do like have a YouTube channel and do like, there, there's so many of them now, but like a couple yeah. of years ago there were, there just, there wasn't the half a dozen that there are now. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we just wanted to, wanted to film it and wanted to film artists and, and live performances and stuff and just chuck it up. Mm. Um, but I think I, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of dropped off a bit. It's, I, I was my, I was mostly just doing the editing and stuff like mm. that. Someone had film it and I'd just edit it. Cause I got some, you know, I can, I can edit. Mm. Um, but yeah, these days I just, I don't really have much to do with it. It's just, it's just Joe and, um, and Dave more so than me these days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn the guilty party. I mean, we've like spoken on some of the releases in the past. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, we have. maybe we've recorded them for future episodes. I don't yeah. even know. But <laughs> Um, yeah, the guilty party's fucking wicked, and Joe going back over to <coughs> Leeds recently and doing mm. the yeah, because that's where that's where it started. The yeah. health that it it already <coughs> for Joe it was easy because it it already existed, and he he already had a bunch of videos and a bunch of um, views on on quite a lot of the. I mean, I, I hate talking about that shit, but whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. He, yeah, he had he had some content on there that that people had had been vibing so he just kind of wanted to revamp that idea mm. and that's and that's how it happened yeah right there you go yeah all right moving on come up to common ruin came out june of this year your Fuck latest yeah. album shit yeah i've been doing i've been busy these these last seven eight years you have i yeah. mean that's like a, what, that's why i said at the start like you are like one of the most consistent artists i've got a note here saying it blows my mind how you squeezed all these releases in consecutive years yeah but yeah so that album who handled the production uh so there's a gang of different producers on that yeah i'm probably gonna fail to get everyone <laughs> which is terrible any from but, yourself um yeah there's one beat yep. from from me uh the game is rigged yep. is the one i produced um there's a couple of beats from must Obviously, mm. there's a couple of beats from, uh, no, I think it's just, it was just ended up being one beat from Dantes. Yep. Uh, there's a beat from Flu and a beat from Kalski. And I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So all just crazy producers yeah. that everyone who has, you know, been even remotely a fan of, of local hip hop will know the names of that are. Yeah, just crazy talented, mm. doing quality stuff. And yeah, you know, I, I was, as, as I was making that, I was even just thinking like, I'm lucky to be able to hit these people up and yeah. get such, you know, world-class production basically mm. as a part of my album. Like, yeah, it was sick. How long have you been working on that album for? 
So that album, probably a year and a half is from when I first started. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not even. Maybe it was, yeah, probably a bit over a year because I remember um, I pretty much wrote everything. Yeah, I wrote everything at the start of last year and then I recorded everything in June last year. Mm. And, yeah, it really just took, you know, a year between finishing the recording and putting it out just because I listened to it a lot and I kept changing things and I wasn't happy with things. And, um, yeah, and obviously, you know, just the, the time frames around manufacturing and stuff on the vinyl and, mm. yeah. And the yeah. mix downs and the masters. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Oh, there's just, there's a lot of things that I, I wasn't, just really wasn't happy with that, that I, that I, you know, I changed mm. right before the end. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it always happens. Yeah, I was getting, because, you know, I'm just, I'm getting better at, um, you know, knowing exactly how I want everything to sound now, exactly how I want everything to be. And you just, when, when you, when you pick up on something and you decide you're not happy with it, you can't live with it. You have, yeah. to, you have to fix it. Yeah. You have to just for you. Yeah. Like, cause, cause you'll listen to it. And every time you do, yeah. you're like, fuck, exactly. I wish I fucking changed that, man. <laughs> like I should have. You, you want to be able to at least stand by it for six months before you inevitably turn on yourself. Yeah. yeah <laughs> true that. So yeah, just to give it the best possible, you know, uh, amount of time for me to still be happy with it. Mm. Just try to be a perfectionist when I can. Mm. A big thing with um, with this as well is that sort of like the music that we're making or artists are making or releasing, the and we're kind of breaking down barriers and pulling curtains back a little bit, but people don't really realise that it's generally last year's music or the mm. year before or whatever. Mm. You've just been like it's been written or like been sitting there for ages or whatever mm. it is. And you're just like trying to perfect it and whatever. Mm. Um, and yeah, so you really do, you, you end up sitting with these things for like mm. a very long time before they really come out, you know? Yeah, definitely. In fact, the beat that I did produce on there, I'm pretty sure I would have made it in maybe 2015. Mm. So it's four years before anyone else is it. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Which one was that? As the, the game is rigged. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Featuring uh, Sparts and Jambi Supreme. Yeah. Man, again, getting back to film clips. Yeah. And this one's next level. <laughs> yeah. The Rush the Gate yeah. film clip. Yeah. Honestly, again, directed by Carl Allison. Yep. Uh, and really, like, you got to watch it and watch it and watch it again mm. to really understand what the fuck is going on yeah. in that film clip. Who came up with the concept for it? I That was actually something that I dreamt up that, yep. and, I, and I'd wanted it to be. I, I kind of knew exactly how I wanted it to look mm. and the content that I wanted to have in it because obviously like there's a lot of footage and stuff. A lot, yeah. So that was probably the only time where I'd really been telling Carl exactly what I wanted. Mm. Um, and exactly how I wanted it to be. And he was just, you know, he, he can make anything come to life. He, t he just totally gets it. And, um, yeah, just basically gave him that concept and some, some guidance on, on some of the sort of must haves and yeah, he just brought it to life and yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I think quite a, a really solid piece of work. And I feel like I can say that because it's not mine, it's Carl, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's easily my my favorite clip. 
and um, yeah, just really happy with it. So again, Carl, shout outs. 100%, but you as well, shout outs <laughs> for that idea. It's fucking amazing. Um, and a musty beat as well. You yeah, can't, musty beat. Can't yeah. lose. Yeah, straight up. Uh, it's, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. And whatever you pick up on, you will. And whatever you don't, watch it again. <laughs> and you probably won't, so watch it again. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it, now that now that I'm really thinking about it, I actually, I sent Carl the lyrics again, which I've never done and he probably never really cares to read, but <laughs> I annotated every single line, like a suggestion of what, <laughs> what you know, shot or, or footage would look good or make sense with the lyrics so mm. that I wanted it to really be lyrics orientated mm. which is also why that he chucked the you know how it's like the kind of the sbs sbs yeah, style yeah. subtitles yeah, 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 straight the, up. yeah and that's another thing about that clip like because those subtitles yeah. are burnt in there mm. that's right you can read along and really understand mm. what the fuck you're talking about mm. yeah in it and along with the footage and how it all makes sense and shit man crazy it's so revolutionary yeah that's like i reckon that's the best word to describe your music revolutionary i'll take that i'll take that and uh thanks again i do appreciate that so the link up with dantes from kings connected how'd yeah. that come about did he uh and did he come down to melbourne to record or did you did you end up linking up with each other nah so um yeah that was just just a kind of mutual respect thing i think which you know I, i'm really humbled by um, but yeah, I don't know. He just, he'd just been kind of, um, doing a lot of work on production and, <coughs> and was making a lot of noise on, on, online and stuff and just always posting stuff. And yeah, I was just like, damn, you know, this, this, this is really sick. And mm. he, he has an incredible ear for samples and yeah. really captured the mood that I look for when I'm trying to, um, you know, find beats to write to. And yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, it's, it's just sort of a bit, I don't know, I feel like a disappointing for the, for the listeners of the podcast, but it was really just straight up, yeah. hit him up. I said, Hey man, you know, like I want to, I want to work with you. I want to make a beat. And he was like, yeah, sure. Like he was always sending me shit. And, um, with the one that I, I did end up keeping on the record, he was like, you know, this particular beat is, <coughs> is uh, you know. I feel really strongly about it. I feel really attached to it. <laughs> so I want to rap on it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, man. And yeah. so he he kind of, he was just committed to that. And that just ended up back as being really fortunate for me. Mm. Um, and yeah, and humbling as well, because he's obviously one of the best MCs in the country without a doubt. Yeah. And he smashed it. And yeah, you know, like I think, you know, my 15 year old self or whatever would have just been sort of, you know, mind blown to, yeah. to be doing, you know, shit with, with Kings Connected. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout also, out to Dante's big ups for that. Yeah, straight up. Also featuring Ill Format on yeah. that track. Mm. Yeah, I, I did kind of want to tie in, like, uh, I don't know, I guess like people who sort of represent an older generation of yep. hip hop, you know, because even though Kings Connected are, um, you know, newer than your lyrical commission and stuff they're still sort of part in in my mind at least part of that that camp of like yeah that era you know they, mm. they had like a really similar blueprint and really similar sound and so yeah for me i wanted to have kind of a symbolic like the kind of old wave 
but like not to say that you know that it's not still eternally dope or whatever mm-hmm. but that kind of camp and then the the young the young bucks you know the new the new generation yeah. of the guys that are like still interested in making hip-hop that sounds a certain way mm. regardless of the fact that <clears throat> it's not really the most popular form of hip-hop mm. these days mm. yeah ill format the fucking dope yeah yeah that's a cop there uh i saw them where the fuck was it i don't know maybe grumpies or something rest in peace grumpies um yeah they're fucking wicked yeah, yeah. crave and Tamson P, DJ Wolsey, by the way, shout out. Yeah, just taking out the DMC uh, champ. DMC. The Great Wall of Melbourne. Great Wall of Melbourne, yeah. (laughs) I've never heard that. I saw, I think, who was it? I think it was Frank or Ronan from Hippo Rex said that. Great. (laughs) So good. Yeah, he's heading over to London, I think, this week now for the world. Yeah. Yep. (coughs) So, yeah, much love, Wolsey. Much love. Good luck, brother. Yeah, that's sick. Wolsey actually, um, this is kind of getting a bit off topic, but um, obviously he's incredibly tall. He's an enormous <laughs> behemoth. Um, and I got him to I got him to uh, fill in on my basketball team. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even know whether he'd played before. Lucky for me that he had, and uh, yeah, we smashed it. <laughs> Needless to say, yeah. of course, if you got the if you got Wolsey, yeah, he's actually he's the, he's the same height as LeBron James. Oh, Is he? Shit. Yeah. Seven foot assassin yeah. is what they call him. Yeah, yeah. right. There you know. go. <laughs> How long have you been playing basketball for? Uh, I played heaps when I was young, um, and then a work team actually. My like my workplace from two workplaces ago, where to briefly had a basketball team mm. it was like you know trash like yeah. the bottom league but <laughs> yeah I, I i wouldn't even say that i'm like i'm, I'm a proper player or anything we just kind of <laughs> wanted to wanted to give it a shot yeah yeah all right well as far as shows go you've obviously done a hell of a lot for yourself and whatnot uh but as we mentioned you've supported some massive international acts uh how did that all come together and is maybe if i don't know if we can if you want to go through them all, feel free. But is there maybe just some highlights? Yeah. Um, well, I think definitely the, the one that I am sort of still pinching myself over is the Mob Deep one. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I just can't believe it, especially, you know, seeing as prodigies, you know, since passed away, it mm. just makes it even more mm. unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I, I think a, a lot of the gigs, a lot of the international support, um, was uh, on the back of Slap 618, actually. He was um, briefly uh, booking gigs for me when I was, like, really keen to try and get out there as much as possible. Yep. So he uh, had a lot of hookups. He's obviously been, um, you know, in, in the scene for decades and has a lot of knows a lot of people and a lot of venues and promoters. Mm. And so, yeah, he was just really um, good in being able to help me out there. Um and yeah, also had a another um, mate that was sort of giving it a crack in terms of booking stuff, and he was also able to get cu- lucky a couple of times with yeah. some of those supports as well. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's really like I I just feel like it's just I've just been really lucky to to know people that have connections, and even when I've sort of sort of taken it into my own hands, just. Uh, speaking of venues or promoters or whatever that are just willing to go yeah fuck it you know mm. 
you can you can do it mm. so yeah it was it's definitely definitely had some good fortune there <laughs> yeah sure what a link up fuck no yeah and have is it have you supported trem yeah so there was a festival oh, i guess i don't maybe festival's not the right word but it was um the Wiz of oz was was running this uh, big show and it was pretty much everyone in hip hop and trem was the I can't remember the name of it. The name escapes me. I feel really mm. bad about that. But it was, um, yeah, it was like really, um, like a lot of heads were super hype about it. And he basically just got everyone he could think of that was like, you know, in the sort of the same vein as the style of hip hop that we do. And Trent, Trem was always the headline. I think he did maybe three or four in like in Melbourne and Brisbane and Sydney, I think. Um, and yeah, when, when he was in Melbourne, I uh I was just jumped on. I was put on the bill for that. So yeah, that's the story with that one. <laughs> yeah. Damn, so dope, man. Yeah. And uh yeah, like we said before, <coughs> some of these other artists like Souls of Mischief who were so dope. Mm. Deltron thirty thirty task force. Yeah. Fucking I did Action Bronson as well. Action oh, Bronson. Yeah. That was that was actually pretty lucky because what happened with Action Bronson is um, it was like right as he was blowing up, <clears throat> you know, right as he's on the cusp of mega stardom and he kind of got booked as he was blowing up. Mm. You know, by the time he ga- came here, it, was, it wasn't really appropriate for him to be playing at Laundry because it wasn't big enough. He right. could have been selling out somewhere two or three times as big. Yeah. Mm. But it was just one of those things. And I'd happened to do a gig at Laundry maybe – a couple of weeks or a month before and i think dave uh i think his name is th- that runs laundry or whatever does all the booking he'd, he'd seen me and he was you know he was like yeah that was cool man like i like that set um and just because i was really in the right place at the right time <laughs> yeah right and i'd had, had had a positive um sort of you know interaction with with dave he was mm. like yeah man you know you can jump up you can jump in for action wow. action bronson no worries what year? What year would that? Be? <laughs> that would have been twenty fourteen, I think, <coughs> possibly even twenty thirteen. Hectic and, mm-hmm. more, and Morns, Morns supported as well. Oh shit! Because it made a, it made more sense for Morns, obviously, because they they'd just done the track together. Mm. Yeah. And again, yeah, even true. even Morns was kind of had cottoned onto Action Bronson right as he was he was blowing up in a big way. Yeah. Mm. He, it, like that, probably you know he probably would have struggled to get. Action Bronson on, you know, on a track these days. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, no shit. one of those things getting in early. <clears throat> so what's your life set up like now? Is it just you want a DJ, you want a band and who have you got DJing for you? Um, so at the moment, um, yeah, just, just really standard DJ, yeah. um, and, and a hype man. I, I think depending on the gig is when I choose to use a hype man. Cause mm. a lot of the time, you know, I like to just sort of do it do it on the minimal just do yeah. it by myself but for bigger bigger events or whatever i, I get um mole one yeah one of my oldest uh, mm-hmm. mates and collaborators to jump up and then yeah usually um as i mentioned earlier christian Baker, dj Baker, yeah he um he, he djs but uh i think the last couple of times he hasn't because it just hasn't lined up he's been busy or whatever but yeah, yeah that's just the sort of the, my crew since yeah 
day one and probably till the end. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. For yeah, my, my solo stuff that is anyway. Yeah. Actually the last one <clears throat> um that I copped would have been the common ruin launch. Yeah. So Wal- Walsey, Walsey, yeah, yeah Walsey, Walsey, Walsey did <coughs> chop in for me. Um, Christian was meant to do it, but I think he was overseas or something like that. It was just yeah. really bad timing. Yeah. Um, so Walsey was, yeah, I think, I, can't, I think, um, yeah, he was just, he just made a lot of sense at the time to, to hit him up and he was obviously really keen and yeah, mm. big ups to Walsey because yeah, he, um, he really held it down and, uh, yeah, it was a good night. Mm. Yeah, fucking no. Now, this one I just saw, I think I saw it on Facebook, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago or something. It was for the Triple R Radiothon. Mm. You were there with a whole bunch of people. I didn't actually cop, I didn't. I haven't had a listen to it yet, but mm-hmm. can you walk us through that? What was that all about? Were you, you guys played live? Yeah, on, so yeah. that that was um, this... A local band called Lander. Yeah. Um, because a mate of mine basically uh, it was his his project that he dreamt up and put together, and he wrote all the songs and got all the band members and stuff. Um, he basically just kind of he just wanted to make a, a record, basically, or make an EP or whatever, um, with a certain sound, just because it was kind of like something that he'd been wanting to do for a long time. Mm. Um, and him and I had been, you know, really good mates and had like really similar taste in music and stuff. Um, and he just, yeah, hit me up to to um, do a verse on one of the tracks off that EP. Um, and yeah, it was just, it's, it's just a really slick project, like mm. very much sort of up my alley in terms of the music that I listen to when I'm not listening to hip hop. Mm. Um, sort of, I guess like, I guess you'd sort of liken it to a bad, bad, not good mm. kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, they were just got hit up to do, um, yeah, some live stuff for the Triple R Radiothon. And he's like, hey, you know, seeing as we're doing this, do you want to do you want to come down and do the track that we did? And I was mm. like, yeah, sweet. So that was the story behind that. Cool. Fuck yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. What's it? available on uh it's 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 definitely um it's on everything you can yeah. find it on spotify that ap yeah i think it's just self-titled l-a-n-d-e-r lander yeah. cool yeah. yeah which it was it was cut to find out that not long after that there was that like automatic yeah the mastering, mastering. Song. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah <laughs> it came out yeah so. also again never use no lander mastering no like that's that. a no, no. or or any of the other ones that's uh, like a meme on, yeah. on producer pages <laughs> on instagram yeah, lander lander mastering <laughs> and it just like it takes away from what you know people out there are trying to do yeah yeah so <clears throat> it's just you know it's a skill like you don't want to there's just certain things you don't want a fucking robot doing mm. <laughs> <laughs> true that <laughs> fucking true that <laughs> All right, so P. Smurf, as most probably know, has recently set up a record label, Scratches Records. High Tracks. Yeah, High Tracks was recently signed. Uh, so how'd that come together? So I'm just trying to think because, um, again, like I, when you when you know someone for a long time, you kind of forget how you how you how you first linked up. Mm. Um, I think actually I just knew P. Smurf, um, just be, through Must actually. I think. I met him when he was at 
we were both at Must's joint at his studio. I was coming to pick something up or, yeah, actually, I think, no, that's, that's what it was. Joe Snow and Peace Smurf did a track over one of my beats. And so that was my connection there. Was that? Uh, Fresh to Death or something, I think. Oh. I think it's called. They man. did a clip to it and everything. Yeah. Well. And um, yeah, so we all knew each other from that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, Peace Math just was sort of looking for people that he was a fan of that kind of weren't locked down to any label or, or collective or whatever. And, yeah, we were just really <coughs> in the right place at the right time for it. And so, yeah, it just kind of came about really quickly and really na- naturally. Like we were just like, yeah, you know, this is this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to say much love to fucking Peace Murph for what he's doing. Yeah, man. Uh, with Scratches Records, it's yes, wicked. it's an incredible movement. He, and he's just he's just such a stand up guy. Like mm. just like you know, just as genuine as they come, mm. and mm. and incredibly hardworking as well. You know, he's. He's been making music for probably 10 years now as well. And it just, again, relentlessly. Mm. So, mm. Shout outs to Peace Smurf. Yeah, fucking no. So that uh, posse track with the awesome film clip Forever. We yeah. spoke on that on a previous episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such a dope track. What was it? What was that clip like? Yeah, that was cool, man. Because, um, yeah, obviously there's so many artists on that and, mm. And we were at that iconic location. Yeah, yeah. The name of it forgets me because I'm not from Sydney. I can't remember. Mm. But yeah, like that that building has just been a creative hub. Yeah, for so long. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was just it was cool because it did feel like it felt like a, a real moment. You know that yeah. everybody was there and there was a, there was a Peace Smurf really didn't hold back with like the production crew and stuff. Mm. And yeah, it felt like a, a kind of a more um professional sort of affair to do yeah. that and that was and that was really cool and just like hitting all four elements as mm. well you know yeah. it was like so dope yeah having that 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 really solidifies what i believe scratches records to already be mm. and and to like build off of in the future it's yeah fucking wicked yeah definitely it was um there was a lot of talent in the room and and that in itself was cool too mm. yeah so would you say the signing means that you're going to be putting a lot of your energy into high tracks now? Um, well, I think basically how we've got it working with that is Peace Murph is expecting us to just come up with a record, which we've pretty much finished. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, basically we go through the, the promotion and and making the clips and stuff under that banner and Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's to answer your question though um i feel like we we kind of have have just been continuously already putting in the effort yeah and it's just that this time it it's part of something and yeah it's gonna actually be have a bit of backing behind it which is really cool awesome so you would you will you be doing solo stuff then yeah so i uh i'm actually working on my next solo thing at the moment yep. and uh it's going to be entirely produced by ramsey actually oh, nice so going back to oh. throwing back to the uh the backlash album in yeah a way. cool yeah but it was yeah it's just crazy because um <clears throat> him and i obviously haven't worked on anything in quite a few years but we've gone our 
you know, on our own sort of separate creative pathways, we've been influenced really by a lot of the same shit and we're sort of linking up now and we're both really on the same page and have a really, um, you know, like, yeah, really kind of want to make the same music. And so it's just like every, he, he just, he just has so many beats and he just sent me this huge stack and, mm. and I'm just like, every single one of these is, is a monster. And I've just, this is without a doubt, like the easiest I've ever found to write. I've just been writing like I've never had before. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like I'm already probably like 80% done in terms of the writing. Wow. And, um, yeah, I reckon, I reckon I'll have a finished product ready to go. Um, that I'll be putting out probably early next year. Awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You got a lot to say. It yeah. Seems, you yeah. Know, like yeah. Yeah. Within your music and stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just, it's like, I, I feel like the reason why I've been so, um, I don't know, I guess like prolific and always been putting stuff out is just because it's just always, it's just been an urge, you know, mm. it's like, mm. it's almost like not a conscious thing. I just, I'm compelled. I have to do it. Mm. Mm. So as, uh, as far as upcoming collaborations go, we saw you're going to be on Johnny Cashno's upcoming album. Yep. Uh, we've actually got Cashno coming in on an upcoming episode, so don't need to go do t- too deep into it, but is there anything you want to say on your track on that for that release? Um, so that track is actually, I kind of did something different to what I normally do in the sense that the lyrics uh and the track is quite a personal thing about, mm. uh, yeah, about my life. I don't usually do introspective tracks and yep. shit, but I don't know. I just happen to be really having uh, something to say about some shit that's going on in my life. And that beat just sort of appeared right as I was thinking about it and deep in thought on it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm really happy with the track though. And yeah, I think awesome. um, Cashno is really just got to sort of come into his own in the last little while and should be a really polished project. He's yep. obviously got some crazy MCs mm. pretty mm. much handpicked, like, yeah. you know, some of the most talented local dudes mm. around. And yeah, I think, you know, it should be a really solid project and big ups to him for doing it. Yep. Any other collaborations or anything you want to tease the audience with? I know you just um, spoke on that album, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's pretty much it between yeah. my solo stuff and high tracks. I'm just really just chipping away on those two yeah. records and, um, yeah, you, you can expect to see something from both in, I don't know, probably within the next six to eight months, yeah. I think. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Very excited for mm-hmm. those. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on how I go with, my perfectionism and whether I'm yeah. willing to <laughs> yeah. willing to call it a day on some of those. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, are there any artists that you're really fucking with at the moment? I mean, I know you already spoke on ill format being, I guess more, more so on the like younger generation. Yeah. Any people that you want to like give a shout out to? Uh, like on a local, a local tip. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, anything. whatever you're whatever you feeling. Yeah, so locally, I definitely, as we, we were speaking about before, the 9 to 5 crew, oh, cool. um, I've got a lot of time for those guys. Mm. They're, they're kind of, you know, really doing good things. And, and again, like I, I kind of, I'm still almost surprised to see young people wanting to make the kind of music um, 
you know, that's similar to what I do, given mm. that it's not, it is no longer the popular form of hip hop, you know, it's hip hop has changed so much. And yes, yeah, it's cool to see people still doing it in that style. Mm. Um, I'm also one of my favorite um, local MCs. I don't know if you would have heard of him, Theodore Moonwater. He's this dude from, um, I think he, he, he sort of bounces around a bit, but I think he's in Northern Territory at the moment. Um, but he's just unbelievable. Like probably one of the best lyricists I've ever heard in the country. Just, just a beast with, yeah. with, with what he writes. And mm. he's, he's been inspiring me heaps. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. He's got this, um, yeah, he's got a couple of bits and pieces floating around, but they're always incredibly high quality. Mm. Fuck yeah. I'm trying to get him. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I'm wanting to get him to jump on one of the tracks on the, on the Ramsey album. Yeah. Mm. Cause, um, yeah, he just he definitely doesn't have as much shine as he deserves. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, in terms of international stuff, I was just on my way here. I was listening to Rome Streets. Mm. I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard of him. He's he's really sick. Just sort of coming up with that new sort of like resurgence of that sound, and um, you know, as well as uh, Crime Apple and and Griselda Records, of course, all those guys. Anything Alchemist does. Mm. Yeah. Always sick. Mm. Well, is there anything that we've missed that you want to mention? I think that was unbelievably thorough <laughs> and uh, felt like you guys knew more about, <laughs> about some of my own records than I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, nah, man, that was that was cool and, and big ups uh, for having me here today. Pleasure. Any Anyone you want to shout out or anything? Um, I feel like I've shouted out yeah, pretty yeah, much every person that I've, <laughs> I know and have worked yeah, with. We, we've gone through a few names here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if, you, if you've skipped to the end to see who gets the shout out, I'm going to deny that to you to listen to the whole thing properly. <laughs> so you're on Bandcamp, Syncs Music. Yep. yep. Instagram. Yep. Facebook. Correct. Go check all that shit out. Begrudgingly. <laughs> Support the guys Bandcamp. Get on there, cop, com, and ruin. And man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. We've been very grateful for your time. Uh, and if you haven't heard some of these releases, I strongly urge you to because it's been a solid eight, nine years of incredible music. Uh, and thank you to you guys for tuning in for another cracker of an episode. Plenty more still to come, so keep your eyes peeled. This has been your scene with Sinks, Bilby, and Milky. Peace. Peace.